Alrighty, coming up on a Monday night, talked to my cousin Drew, brought him back to the podcast. He is the Christmas guy. So I envisioned this idea a few weeks back, talked to him about it. Uh, the idea of a Christmas movie bracket, the ultimate Christmas movie bracket. So I threw on 20-ish movies that are pretty well-known, popular, revered, and put them in a bracket. Got some seating and some regions established. Then what unveiled was a two-hour mega jam-packed Christmas movie bracket episode with my cousin Drew. And if you care to partake, if you care to follow along as you watch these films this holiday season, that episode is coming up. Again, jam-packed. Merry Christmas. Here we go. Just uh, listening to last year's, <laughs> trying to get, gather any information that I could to try to elevate my responses to tonight's podcast. Well, that's what Kristen, I was just talking to her in the back room, and she said, did you, she said, did you put his, you had him last year, she said, did you put his top five in there? And I said, no, I'm going to be honest, I didn't even go back and look into, listen to that. Yeah, I don't think a single one of my top five made it on the list, but that's all right. Like we talked about, it's uh, more about Christmas classics, more about the popular mainstream ones, and we're going to get it down to one movie tonight that epitomizes the entire idea and spirit of Christmas. Well, and I, uh, yeah, I just went off with this crazy idea, and I'm so happy that you obliged and uh, are willing to do it. I know you would be because you're, you're the Christmas guy. But, uh, oh, yeah. Oh, I'm all on this, man. I'm, but let's talk about this, though. I wanted to get into this before we get into it. What's our system? Like, how are we going to do this, man? Are we going to rate each movie and, like, kind of convince the other guy, like, why that one needs to proceed and then move through the bracket? Or what were you thinking? All right. So... I think that my my thought process was I don't know if you look at it you got it pulled up you Yeah, I got it right here. You got, got it right here, bro. Saw that I added uh I got some region names cuz I figured it would help us if we went region by region. And uh so go region by region. We'll look at each individual matchup. We're doing the Christmas movie bracket here and uh kind of determine let's get one winner from each region. Give us a top 4 based on this bracket. And then uh, we'll figure it out from there. And I figured that uh, we could, you go, I go, make the case. We got two of us voting. So in the event that there is a tie, I have a very strategic, professional, mathematical way of doing this. Um, I'm going to flip a coin. Flip a coin? (laughs) I mean, I guess I I could vibe with that because, like, ideally, in theory, the Christmas magic would guide the coin to what needs to be selected. Right. My theory, too, was I was going to get in there and have Kristen go ahead and fill out what she thought, and then I thought, no, that's she hasn't seen maybe some of these, and that's too – she probably wouldn't have an opinion on some of these anyway. And oh, you're going to have her be the tiebreaker? Yeah, and that's too subjective. So I figured with the coin, we will yeah, – I feel like she's going to side with you. You guys have a closer relationship than I do with her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I figured the coin will will collect the masses, um, you know, because you pull the masses. It's it's kind of like a coin flip. You don't know what you're going to get based on how many people you talk to, what their traditions and passion. But I, I, 
I think the coin flip's got to be our last resort, though. Like, we should definitely debate why our choice should move forward. And if we hit a standstill, then let's flip the coin. Oh, yeah. And I, I definitely uh, I, I think that we're going to we're going to come to a resolution between the two of us because um, you are like I said, you're the Christmas guy. You have more knowledge on this stuff than me anyway. And uh, I am passionate, but I can also be about the ones I like, but I can be objective as well. But I'll say this going in. It is early in the Christmas season. Some of these have not made it into the viewing so far this year. Oh, 100%. Uh, but, yeah, but obviously I've seen them in the past year too, so the knowledge is there. I've got it. But just to, just for the listeners, I want them to know, I haven't watched all of these. We're, we're at December, what are we, December 4th today? December 4th. We're doing it early, letting folks uh, be able to compete against us as we watch this holiday season. Yeah, yeah. and are they going to have access to the bracket? Are we going to somehow – Make that available to them. We'll get it online. We'll yeah, get it online. Gonna, How about this is, this is the plug for anybody for anybody uh, listening at this point. Um, Matt on the mic at Matt on the mic pod Instagram. It'll be there. There you go. On Insta, okay. Yeah, we'll get it on the we'll get it on the Instagram. I'll link that. We'll get I'll get my uh, podcast tech guys on that. Yeah, get the tech guys involved. The flowing operation here. Okay. Yeah, I know you have what 20, 30 employees. <laughs> yeah, growing by the day. Uh, <laughs> about to go public. It's a huge company at this point. Um, all right. So um, let me ask you one more thing before we get into it. Are, are am I am I sounding good? Oh, you're good. Am I coming across well? I'm I'm broadcasting from the future man cave right now. It's not quite the man cave yet. Uh, I like it, but. It's just a big empty room. We just <laughs> we just redid the floor. So eventually there's going to be a TV and my Legos all displayed. But currently it's a giant empty room. So I just want to make sure there wasn't like a crazy echo going on. I think there's a slight echo, but I think it's fine. Like okay. I said, we'll, we'll get the tech guys, we'll get the audio guys to get that out post-production. Is it kind of Christmassy, the echo? Yeah, it's like, uh, like echo... <laughs> Echo down the halls, jingle bells, jingle bells, something like that. <laughs> All right. So we're getting into it here. And the Christmas movie bracket, I, I really like this idea. We have – I'm doing quick math. Isn't it six times four is 24? 24 movies that I uh, I took your preferences I a little bit. Uh, you're, you're way more educated, have far uh, encompassing knowledge compared to – what is on this bracket, but I took a little bit of what you got. I infused a little bit of my knowledge. I came up with 24 movies that I think folks could gravitate towards and broke it down into four regions. And we've got six seeds in each region. I'm going to go ahead now and say that the four one seeds across this bracket are Elf, uh, Miracle on 34th Street, Home Alone, and uh, It's a Wonderful Life. No, I'm looking at the wrong. Can't even read my own bracket. Elf, Home Alone, <laughs> Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, and uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. So off to oh, a good I, start. I feel Can't like you said most own. of them, but hey, let, let me go. Let me say it here because, yeah, I don't know. You kind of botched it both times, man. <laughs> yeah. We're looking at the the eight movies that are moving forward past the first bracket because they've already been moved up. You got yeah. Elf. You got A Christmas Story. You got Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. 
You got Miracle on 34th Street, It's a Wonderful Life, Christmas Vacation, Jim Carrey's Dr. Seuss's How the Grinch Stole Christmas. What a title. And Home Alone, the original. Thank you. Thank you for coming in for the save. And and of those, the one seeds, which I wanted to highlight the one seeds because there was some some controversy about the seating in this bracket. Um, the public was uh, there. There was some some rhetoric going around. The controversy going on. The one seeds were Elf, Home Alone, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, and Rudolph. And those two seeds that you mentioned that had the buy were A Christmas Story, Miracle on Thirty Fourth. It's a Wonderful Life, and then Jim Carrey, it's Dr. Seuss, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Yeah, and those ones have all advanced past the first phase, so they won't come up until we get into the second part of this bracket. Uh, but I think you chose some good selections. I think those are iconic, universally loved Christmas movies. And not to say that the other ones aren't, but uh, they're going to have to compete to get up alongside those ones to make their move to the final winner's circle yeah generally uh generally highly revered are those eight um you talk to people and they get some good good vibes going with those eight and uh there's one on that of those eight that uh this this host has never watched i I can't believe i I don't believe i have ever watched one of those eight so that on 34th street Yes, that that is the one that I, <laughs> that'll be real immediately. I don't know that yeah. I've ever seen that one, and uh, there is one on this list that uh, we'll, I want to hold it. There's one on this list that I hate um, that I'm not okay. going to spoil now, but I think I, I know I think that I too. That one you did, but we'll hold that for you. Yeah, I don't like that one, <laughs> but we'll get to that one. Um, all right, so let's do the North Pole region first, and uh, we've got that is the bracket with the one seat is Elf. And the two seed is a Christmas story. And so we're going to go to the uh, first round matchup of, golly, that is so small. Santa, I should know it, though. Santa Claus is coming to town versus, what is that, the Muppet? The Very Merry Muppet, very merry Christmas, Muppet Christmas movie. So I'm going to let you, I, I, I probably have a pretty uh, clear winner here for this one. This is a 4-5 matchup against Santa Claus coming to town, a Very Merry Muppet Christmas. Um, I'll let you go first on this one. Make the case. Right, so, the so I went through the bracket before and uh, I did select my winners uh, prior to even coming on today. So I can tell you right now that my winner in that uh, matchup is going to be Santa Claus is coming to town. Uh, right, we've got two ends of the spectrum here going too because I am picking live as we do this. You picked it ahead of time. I'm picking live. But go ahead, make the case. Santa Claus is coming to town. So, the Very Merry Muppet Christmas movie is a classic, uh, but the Muppets have so many Christmas movies. uh, They've really kind of leaned into that theme, and they've done so many different Christmas movies, and I just don't think that that's their best one. Uh, And it really kind of like, it's got a lot of nods to other Christmas movies, which is cool, but like, they're not really bringing anything new to the table, in my opinion. Uh, and like I said, I just don't think it's the best Muppet Christmas. And then you take Santa Claus is Coming to Town, uh, a claymation classic, one of the OG Christmas movies, and it does something that 
I wish more modern Christmas movies would do today. It touches on Santa's origins, uh, which I think is really cool. And the idea that he was doing the gift thing before he, you know, became the fat, big white beard guy that he is today. Like, it was kind of how it all started out. So I've always petitioned for seeing something like that in live action, seeing like something like that made in present day. Uh, I just think that's like, like, it's just so cool. And you even got the grumpy figure, which is a staple of Christmas movies. Uh, what was that dude's name? The Snow the Wizard or the Mike, Ice the King? The well, that guy sucks. We hate that guy. <laughs> no no redeeming crawl. You're talking about the, uh, the Winter Warlock. The Winter Warlock, yes. Yes. He managed to even flip that dude, bro. He was like a horrible guy who like killed anybody who came on his mountain. And Santa was just like, yeah, like. You just get it together, bro. Like, it's pretty clear that you have some type of case of, like, what's that? Is it agoraphobia where you want to stay in your house all the time? Uh, yeah, uh, fear of wide open spaces. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, yo, just put one foot in front of the other, man, and soon you'll be walking out the door. And, like I said, that's a staple of Christmas movies is having this, like, curmudgeon, like, guy who like oh I, I hate christmas i hate everyone and flipping them like that just shows the spirit of christmas when you can take somebody who just hates the world hates everybody and it's like nah man like this is the time of year to like turn it around and by the end he's got that guy like right in there with him like helping out with christmas like i just think that's that's a great movie uh so that's gonna have to advance for me i can't really give the muppets the win on this one despite my love for the Muppets as well. I uh, I agree. And this is one of mine that is very highly regarded. Um, I love this movie, Santa Claus is Coming to Town. I think in terms of the, like you mentioned, the tropes that they kind of get at, the very merry Muppet Christmas kind of good. It sort of touches on that, that uh, classic, I mean, it's a wonderful life plot. The idea of like, okay, well, this other reality could be intriguing, but let's go back to the life that we lived and really be appreciative for that. And so it's not exactly original in that. Um, the idea of Santa Claus coming to town, it's not original with the, the idea of the old curmudgeon turns joyful, but uh, it was unique, like you said, in the sense that we gave Santa Claus an origin. And some of the stuff, you ever notice that Santa Claus coming to town, some of the stuff doesn't really connect. Like, I forget there's one part, my family always gets kicked out of it. It's like, oh, that's why they call him. I, I don't remember Chris, the part. Chris Kringle? No, because he was a Kringle because he was part of the Kringle family. Yeah. But it's he does something and it's like, oh, that's why. And then we watch and we're like, okay, but they really didn't explain that. They kind of just, the kids just assume, I got to go back. I Like I haven't watched it in 12 months, so I got to watch it again and pick out that part. I'll text you when I find it again, but it's something that doesn't quite connect. Otherwise, this movie connects. It checks a lot of boxes for why does Santa do this? Why does he do that? And like you said, it sort of sets up the claymation universe that allows for a year without a Santa Claus and um, Rudolph animation makes more sense because of it. And uh, so this, I'm with you. I think we got two votes to none. Santa Claus going I, to town. But I don't really know. Maybe you know this. 
Did Santa Claus Coming to Town come out before Rudolph, or was it after Rudolph? Uh, let's get the stat department on it. Uh, Santa Claus is Coming to Town was a 1970 movie, whereas – what's the one we're judging against, Rudolph? Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. I'm just okay. curious which one came out first. So it was Rudolph 1964, um, so scratch what I just said. But it's all connected, and uh, I do think that this one was a was a pretty big one for setting up the origins of Santa Claus in a way that I, you're the Christmas guy. I don't know if it had ever been handled up to that point. Yeah, and like I said, I don't think it's really been handled since. And like I said, like the Muppets is great, but like – it really just kind of touched on a lot of other Christmas movies and even the premise of going back and seeing what life would be like without you. Uh, it ties back to It's a Wonderful Life, which I think ultimately was kind of influenced by A Christmas Carol because it's the same thing. It's a ghost showing you what things would have been like or in the case of The Christmas Carol, it's showing you the past, the present, and the future of what things would look like if you continued down the path you're going. So I feel like it's a Wonderful Life is almost kind of a riff on A Christmas Carol. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. like, the, the Muppet one's just a total riff, and that's great. Like, we can get an enjoyment out of that, but I think it kind of disqualifies it as, like, a winner in this yeah. bracket. <laughs> yeah, it's it's good fun, but it's not moving on to the second round. Yeah. So, we can agree on that one. Santa Claus yeah. is coming to town is going to move to the next stage. Santa is moving on to the next round. He's got a big matchup against Elf. Let's go down to yeah. the uh, next first I'm, round I'm matchup. Sure. Just to the, say, though, I'm, I'm sure you've got quite an argument from Elf, for Elf. I'm waiting to hear that. But, yeah, let's move on to the next bracket. I, I think it'll be a good matchup. I, I, I could see there being some, uh, some competition there. Oh, yeah. I know what a fan of Elf you are. I do enjoy Elf. I do enjoy it. All right, so moving down the bracket, North Pole region, we got a three-seed, six-seed matchup. Frosty the Snowman against the Polar Express. And just uh, while we're in this claymation anniverse, Frosty was actually the second of these. Oh, no, it's not claymation. I think, yeah, Frosty's animated, but I think, it, I think it came before Rudolph, did it not? It was 69, so it came... A year before Rudolph. After after five years after Rudolph, one year before Santa Claus. Oh, five years after Rudolph. What year did we say Rudolph was? Sixty-four. Oh wow! It's the same Jules Bass, Arthur Rankin, um, folks, creators though. So just animated as opposed to claymation. Yeah, yeah, just animated. So um, it's going against. Did you say what it's going against? The Polar Express. The Polar Express. Watched it two nights ago. Okay. Well, I'm going to go first then, and then I'm going to let you uh, speak your mind here. You take Uh, this one. Go ahead. Polar Express, 2004, Tom Hanks, uh, Robert Zemeckis. Zemeckis, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. Uh, Robert Zemeckis film, and I don't like this film. Uh, There's not a competition for me in this one. It's Frosty the Snowman. It's Frosty, classic tale, original song that they turned into this 22-minute special. And I think the Polar Express is a classic. It's authentically close to perfect in terms of the illustration, the book itself. Um, Chris Van Allsburg 
And I think the book is to be cherished and the movie is a sham compared to the book. So uh, my vote's going to be Frosty. I do not like the Polar Express movie. All right. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, Let me get into my side of things because uh, I'll say it right out. I agree with you about who's moving forward. Uh, (laughs) But I did really enjoy Polar Express and I haven't really given it a chance in previous years uh, because Bill is only two years old. He Mm -hmm. does not care about anything live action. He only wants to see animated. So I've been running through a lot of the animated ones uh, so far this year. And we did Polar Express the other night. He was locked in. Uh, He thinks that the train is called Thomas. He thinks all trains are called Thomas. (laughs) Uh, But... What I really liked about the Polar Express uh, was the idea that, like, it's about a kid who's kind of losing belief a little bit. And Tom Hanks said it, the conductor of the train said, oh, yeah, this is your crucial year. Meaning that, like, this is the year where you potentially could stop believing in Santa Claus. And that's why the train comes to pick you up and take you to the North Pole to show you that it is real to get a few more years, at least, if not your entire lifetime of believing. Uh, So I really liked it. I I loved how uh, he asked for the bell from the sleigh as his Christmas present. The first Christmas present of the year uh, went to, I don't think they ever even gave the kid a name. He was just the main kid. I don't think he ever had a name. I can't remember based on the book. I don't think he does. Yeah, I don't think he has a name. He's just a kid. Uh, but Literally, was... he's encompassing all kids. It's very evident. Oh, absolutely. And uh, he definitely locks into the spirit and everything. Like, when he loses the girl's ticket, he's like, yeah, she can have my ticket. Uh, so that's spot on right there. That's the Christmas spirit. Like, it's not about you. It's about everyone else and making them happy. So I really enjoyed Polar Express uh, and thought it was a good film. But the reason I want to push Frosty forward is because it touches on the idea of how special the time of year is with the fact that Frosty can only exist during that cold season with the magic hat, with the Christmas magic. That's the only time it can come to life. And it's sad when the magic goes away and he melts, uh, But ultimately, that's the idea of Christmas. Like, it's around at this time of year, and that's what makes it so special. Like, the magic doesn't just last forever. It does to a certain extent, but, like, at Christmas time, that's when it's at its strongest. So, like I said, it's sad that he melts and stuff, but it makes sense because you can't have it all year. It's, It's a special time. It's the reason we take the lights down after the holidays and the tree. If you left it up all year, would it be special? No. It's this time of year when you have to do it. So I, I like the fact that they played into that, the idea that like, yeah, things, not everything lasts forever. And this is incredible that this snowman came to life, but it's going to end at a certain point because everything ends. Well, and the, yeah, it's, there's, Sadness and frosty melting, but then on the flip side, there is such joy when he comes back in the kids. Exactly, exactly, because you know he's coming back next year, man. The magic will return, 
and it'll be cold again, and we can bring Frosty back. But he's not there year-round, and I think that's what's so cool about it. It's just like the Christmas season. It's coming back, but it's, you got to have patience. Yeah, I'm looking forward. It is early in the month. I'm looking forward to watching Frosty with the girls. I think Abby's at that two years old. She's at that age where she's starting to get into the movies a little bit, and she loves the songs. Um, yeah, the songs and the animation, that's what gets them. We've watched Frosty three times already this year. Yeah, I'm excited <laughs> for Abby to uh, to get into the rumpity rump, rump, rumpity rump. And uh, I, I mean, personally, I love anytime Frosty says, happy birthday. Dad. Yeah, I love it. I love it that's, because it's, it's his birthday every time he comes back. That's right. Absolutely. And, All right. and and it speaks even more to the Christmas spirit that he's not looking for other people to give him a happy birthday. He's saying it to them. He's giving yeah. on Christmas. Yeah. There are some uh, some good thematic elements going on within Frosty uh, related to the season. I will say that. Yeah. So we got Frosty and Santa Claus is coming to town. Moving on to the next bracket. All right, so here we go. We're going to stay within the North Pole region, which, by the way, I slapped on these names for all these regions, and then, as we'll come to see with each region, I realized how fitting each of them was to the region that I applied them. This one, again, is the North Pole region, and in this one, we've got Elf. We've got Santa Claus is coming to town. We've got uh, Polar Express, Frosty, so this one's pretty fitting, and we're down to four in this region. We've got Elf. Uh, the one seed up against the four seed, Santa Claus is coming to town. And we've got um, a Christmas story, the two seed, going up against the three seed, Frosty. So chalk mm-hmm. to this point. One, two, three, four. Um, let's go to the top of the bracket again. Let's do Santa Claus is coming to town versus Elf. And uh, I know you've already got your picks. I, I'm i making my picks live here. I think I did ponder the idea of Santa Claus is coming to town, but I I'm going to give it to Elf for my vote. And uh, what, a surprise, gonna... what, a, what a surprise from you. <laughs> yeah, people are stunned. <laughs> well, it predominantly comes down to Santa Claus is Coming to Town has a great story. It's lovable. It's, it's got that Christmas nostalgia. But I think for me, when I watch Elf, it hits all of that. Um, but I think it throws genuine humor into the mix as well. Um, the scene that comes to mind is when, uh, Charlotte Denon is reading off names and she says, I forget the guy's name in the bar. And then they all look at him and he says, you know, like, Oh, it must be, must be somebody else of the same name. Like there are legitimate humor points in that film that I don't have in Santa Claus is coming to town. And as somebody who likes humor, I'm going to give the edge if we're checking the same boxes for the Christmas spirit and the singing and the music and the, the, the feelings that it gives you for the Christmas season. And then I can also throw in humor. I'm going to go with elf. All right. I'll give you that. Uh, it definitely pays to be a fun movie. And I will say elf is probably a more fun movie than Santa Claus is coming to town. Uh, for your average viewer, you're going to enjoy elf more. Uh, you're going to be able to hang with it longer. Uh, you know, having young kids, like they'll watch for a while. And if something's not catching their attention, 
they're going to walk off and they're going in the kitchen or they're going to mess around with their toys. Uh, so I think Santa Claus is coming to town is a little advanced for Bill. I think he probably would walk off on it. Uh, but Elf definitely brings some more comedic elements. Not a great example, honestly, because like I said, he doesn't like live action. But right. <laughs> from, from my standpoint, I can understand where you're coming from. Elf is a more entertaining film. Uh, despite the origin elements and all that that I really like out of Santa Claus coming to town. Uh, but I do like that Elf uh, has the curmudgeon. Will Ferrell's oh, dad. Yeah, he's anti-Christmas, and by the end they've turned him into the joyful guy who's like, yeah, I totally believe. And that's what a lot of it is about. That's another huge theme in all of these movies is belief believing in Santa uh, and believing in the Christmas spirit. So that part gets me every year when Walter Hobbs starts singing, because to me, that is that, that is that turning of a non-believer in the, in the Christmas spirit. It's that turning into a believer. And it's like, that is peak. I keep using this word joy, but it's a, it's a Christmas season. It's full of joy. That is pure joy in that film. When, uh, Jovi is singing and he's he turns and the whole crowd is shocked at the appearance of Santa Claus and Buddy has fulfilled his mission. I get goosebumps. If I'm sitting and watching Elf, I get goosebumps every single year watching that scene. Yeah, I'm going to have to yield to you on this one because although I chose the Santa Claus is coming to town in my pre-picks, uh, I feel you. Like, let's go with Elf. I mean, I hey – I got the coin ready. We, we determined that we'd do a coin flip. I was kind of ready for it. And if an elf goes down off a coin flip, so be it. Yeah, I, like I said, I think the Christmas spirit is going to guide this coin flip. And uh, I think <laughs> elf has brought a lot to the table as far as newer Christmas movies. Um, like, you know, there's a lot of old classics and stuff, but the idea is to improve upon the classics and take those themes from the originals. Like, you know, like the Grinch was the original curmudgeon and the idea of believing uh, has always been a staple. And I just think Elf did a good job taking all that that we know and love and improving upon it and making it even stronger. So I'll give it to Elf. Despite, like I said last year, I do kind of look down on the ones that get too much hype. <laughs> so yeah. for me, Elf falls into that category. It gets a little too much hype in my opinion, but it was an extremely well-done Christmas movie and touches on all the themes that are necessary. So I'll give it to you on this one. Elf moves forward. All right, we'll move it on. And then the last matchup we got here uh, to determine in the North Pole region before the finale here. Uh, Frosty is going head-to-head with A Christmas Story. And uh, this is the one that I do not like. Of the eight that we highlighted earlier, the top one and two seeds, I just don't like A Christmas Story. I had a uh, buddy growing up who really liked Christmas Story. I was very into the movie, and I just I could care less about Ralphie and his BB gun. Uh, I don't know that I've seen this movie in... It's been years. I, I just don't care to turn on a Christmas story. I'll walk out of the room if it's on. Could not care any any less about this film. So 
I'm going to uh, cede the floor to you to make the case for one or the other here, and then I'll throw my vote in, but uh, it's only going to matter. Well, if, uh, you vote, your vote's in. We know your vote. <laughs> I, vote too, yeah. um, I will say I think that A Christmas Story, uh, it definitely lends itself to the older audience who grew up in that era um, because what it does is it encapsulates – one child's idea of Christmas and what it was to them and how it was. And that's great if you grew up in the sixties or the seventies. Um, but to those of us who didn't, a lot of it does not connect and yeah. it's a classic because it's a classic and it continues to be a classic, but it doesn't really get into the themes of belief or, things like that like I don't know it's good like I appreciate it for what it is but I agree with you it's certainly not at the top of my list uh so I'm gonna have to say Leah let's let's move Frosty forward on this one I think that this the number two seating there for Christmas Story was a uh nod to the general public that yeah sure sure we'll we'll put the Christmas Story in whatever yeah okay but uh but that, and that's what we discussed before is including movies that everybody loves. Uh, it wouldn't have made sense to include Love Actually because neither of us have seen it. But I still think that is a staple for a lot of people, specifically think, people who identify as females. <laughs> yeah, I, I think my wife has wanted to watch that maybe for a few years, but she's also not a super huge movie person. And I don't even know, we might have it on DVD here, it might be at my parents' house, but. You're right, it is up there, but uh, I think Christmas Story as a two-seed was as a, a token of acknowledgement, but uh, it's out. Frosty's moving on, which we need to now determine a champion between Elf and Frosty. And so, so We're going to move them on before we move to the Yeah, let's, next get a, let's get a winner here in this region, and then we'll go to the next region. All right. So it is I'm gonna Frosty let you go first, the Snowman right? versus Elf. Yeah. And I'm going to let you go first because I, I think I'm willing to be uh, willing to be swayed here either way. So what are you thinking? Well, it's going to be an easy choice for me. Despite my love of Frosty the Snowman and my son's newfound love of Frosty the Snowman, <laughs> uh, it definitely encapsulates the Christmas spirit. It's a great movie uh, and timeless. But it does not have... Santa Claus. And I can't let a film proceed in this bracket that does not even <laughs> talk about or much less show Santa Claus. So for me, it's Elf. It's going to be Elf moving forward. Okay. Yeah. See, I was willing to entertain the case for Frosty. Um, but, you know, good villain. We didn't talk about the villain in Frosty to this point. Uh, that evil hunched over guy. That guy yeah, sucks, yeah. man. <laughs> yeah. He's a quality villain. The guy's a little rabbit who uh, seems to know he's full of crap. But um, Just the worst, dude. Just like doesn't care about the kids. Just like trying to get that paycheck, bro. Just a scumbag. Like then why are you in that profession, man? Go do like people's taxes or something. Let's <laughs> uh, <laughs> lend itself to another good segue into another conversation of the the stupidest, worst, crummy villains among all these movies. Um, 
you could talk, you could go over and over to the, going over to uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. You could throw the neighbors in, uh, the next door neighbors into that bracket as well. They suck too. Um, oh but I'll, yeah, I'll go with you. I'll I'll say Elf. I think what you get um, with these two movies, like I said, Frosty's about a twenty-two minute short made for TV film, and Elf is an hour and a half feature length movie, which is kind of an underspoken thing about Elf that it. It really is that sweet spot. It is about an hour and a half. It's not an hour 45. Uh, it's not two hours. I, I do believe I'm going to get, I'm going to fact check myself here, but I believe that it is a, a swift movie that hits the highlights and gets on out of there. So yeah, it's one hour 35. Um, and we spend time at the North Pole and then we spend time in the real world convincing people that they need to get on board and believe in Santa. So it touches on both those points. Whereas Frosty is more of a subtle nod to the Christmas spirit. And it does a good job encapsulating that, but it's just, it's, it's like, uh, I say this a lot about the show Friends. People really dig the show Friends or Seinfeld. And they did a great job for what they were at that time. But so many people have improved upon it at this point that they're just not really in the conversation anymore for me. Like, You've got The Office, you've got Parks and Rec. Like, a lot of comedies have done it better. So, as iconic as those were, and as much as they brought to the table at the time, and the same thing with Frosty, Elf took those elements and improved upon it. So, to me, it's the superior film. So, I went chalk, first region, North Pole region, Elf comes out on top as the one seed. <clears throat> let's uh let's jump over to the sleigh ride region let's go over to the right staying on the top of the, top the other of the side all right yeah we're gonna come up with the final four and then we'll take the merits from there so the sleigh ride region we've got home alone this might be my favorite region that we came up with um, home alone is the number one seed with a buy uh number two is the jim carrey grinch two seed with a buy and so we'll start with the 4-5 matchup. There was some uh, discussion about originally this bracket had three Grinch movies. And we have two in this bracket. We're going to do our first round matchup. Uh, number four seed Christmas Chronicles. And the number five seed original 1966 How the Grinch Stole Christmas. And I'll make this, I'll make this one quick. I can understand why people like the 66 animated Grinch. It's just never been one of my favorites. I've just never, I don't dislike it like some of the other ones on this bracket, but I've never been super fond of the animated Grinch. So I'm going to give the nod to Christmas Carol because I watched this one a few years back and this one again, it's, it's got that Santa Claus Tim Allen vibe of, bringing Santa to to the to the real world to earth and giving his magical qualities to the people of everyday life and I think Christmas Chronicles was a revelation when I saw that one uh, I really appreciate that one I got a little ticked off when Grace started watching it without me the other day so I'm going to give the nod to number four seed Christmas Chronicles alright I respect that decision uh, I do think out of the Christmas Chronicles films, the second one was better. Ooh, I knew you were going there. Kristen hates the second one. She thinks that one's stupid and doesn't like it. 
I think the second one's better. The first one, I mean, uh, might sound like one of these curmudgeons, but like, it's too much on those kids, man. Like, like I, like I know Christmas about kids and stuff, but like, I just can't really vibe with those two kids. Uh, and the whole movie is about them just like going around with Santa and trying to complete a night. And like, to me, that's like the first 30 minutes of a Christmas movie. Like, yeah, sure. Like Christmas Eve is important and stuff, but I don't know. I just, I think out of those movies, the second one is stronger because you spend the whole time at the North Pole uh, and really get to dive in. Like Christmas Chronicles, you didn't even see Mrs. Claus till the final moments. See, I would argue that that makes it entirely compelling. I think the, the idea behind the first one that you've got this this girl Kate and she's she's a believer, but her brother is a turd and he's stealing cars and the mom is just trying to make it. You know, they're all trying to get past the fact that the dad is not around anymore and they're sort of like wandering in the wilderness. They they're a little lost each of them and the, their different ways. And then Santa comes and kind of brings them back together, binds the family as one unit again, makes them all believe. Um, I think the, I texted Kristen the other day and said, I think the same affliction of Santa Claus two hits Christmas Chronicles two, which is, would you argue this tangent here, but Santa Claus one or Santa Claus two, which do you think is better? The Santa Claus, obviously the first one. Yeah. The second one it's it's solid, but it's all about finding his Mrs. Claus. And exactly. the first one was about him accepting the fact that he's Santa Claus. And by the end, he believes it. And he convinces his whole step family or whatever. I mean, that's his ex-wife and his son, but also his wife's new husband. He gets them all on board with the idea that, yes, I am really Santa uh yeah you can't really like even compare the two like santa claus 2 is not as good i think there are a lot of parallels for christmas chronicles and the santa claus once they went to the north pole in both of those i think they lost a little bit of the see i think i'm going to be total polar opposite from you here but i think they lost a little bit of the purity and the um finding joy and the spirit of Christmas amongst like the mundane everyday life and families that aren't believing and bringing those families together. I think they lost a little bit of that Christmas Chronicles too, in the same way that Santa Claus too. Kristen and I always say that the best parts of Santa Claus too are the parts on earth when he's trying to convince her and trying to get her to believe and doing the party at the school and trying to work with Charlie as opposed to when they go to the North Pole and it's like this hokey Tim Allen glossed up goofball that's, ah, you know, give the kids coal. Uh, so I think all that to say, huge tangent. I think Christmas Chronicles 1 is far superior to 2. And uh, like I said, I got it. That's my pick for this round. Well, I'll say it now. I think we're going to have to pull out the coin because oh, as much as oh. I like, christmas chronicles and i think it's a great addition to the christmas lore and a great newer santa claus film uh i just don't think it can step to the original grinch although i do think the jim carrey one's superior i think the original grinch just from book to screen 
it's the original curmudgeon, the original, like, I hate Christmas. And by the end, he is the champion of Christmas. Like, they totally turn that guy around. And I just... I just think that speaks much stronger to the Christmas message than like, oh yeah, Kurt Russell's like a cool Santa. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I uh, all right, so we'll get out the coin here. I will agree with you. Get out the coin. Right? The the Grinch book. I do find happiness in reading that to Grace when she picks that one at bedtime. I do not find happiness in the fact that it takes like freaking eighteen minutes to read um, as a kid's book, but uh, you know. And it was the Grinch. Yes, the Grinch who cut the roast beef. The the movie itself is a pretty terrific uh, um, adaption of that. But I got the coin out here, and uh, I'll let you call it heads or tails. And if you get it, the Grinch is moving on. All right? All right. I'm going to go with what the Grinch would pick. I'm going to choose tails. Okay. (laughs) My coin is flipped. I can't see that. It is Tails, the spirit of Christmas prevails. I told you, bro. <laughs> I love that though. I'm not I'm not upset with that at all. I'll take it. Yeah. Like like I said, Christmas Chronicles is great, but the Grinch set the stage for what has been a lasting theme in all of these movies, dude. Like there's always somebody who is just like the downer, the Anti Christmas, yeah, the Grinch. There's always a Grinch, and you got to turn that guy. And time and time again, they've done it. So it's just too iconic to let Kurt Russell surpass it. That's fair. I did try to make the argument the other day to Kristen that uh, Kurt Russell. I, I would listen to the conversation that Kurt Russell is the greatest Santa Claus, which I think would make you about spit out your drink and walk out of the room, but. Pretty great Santa Claus. Oh, yeah. He does an excellent job. And like I said, it, it adds to the lore. He does, It's a great movie, but uh, – and he's a cool Santa Claus. He's That's what it is. He's quirky, but he's definitely, like, suave and, like – Oh, yeah. When he the, did the that dork of musical – The at the same time, yeah. When he did that musical number in the jail cell, it's just like, man, this guy is cool, dude. That's, like, kind of channeling, like <laughs> – Johnny Cash or something like he was he was badass but uh I just don't know that it can surpass that original Grinch but it sounds like Christmas spirit chose the right choice (laughs) Christmas spirit coin I love that all right let's go to our next uh moving right along next next toy ride this is a lot harder bro this is a really hard one you've created here this next one okay so we got three seed the Santa Claus Against the sixth seed, often overlooked, much maligned, Jingle All the Way. I love Jingle All the Way. I think it's a ridiculous movie. Sinbad's performance is absolutely top-notch. And uh, I'm going to let you make the case first on this one before I make a decision here live. All right. Let's get into it. Uh, This was a really tough one for me. Uh, Tim Allen, obviously an iconic Santa Claus, uh, touches on the curmudgeon thing. He was the curmudgeon. He was not, he, I mean, he took his kid to a Chinese restaurant for Christmas Eve dinner. Like he burned the turkey and stuff. It just wasn't his thing. Uh, so to take somebody like that to, to take somebody like that, who isn't so into Christmas 
and turn them into literally Santa Claus. Not just like somebody who likes Christmas now. No, he became Santa Claus. Like it touches on that theme. It touches on the idea of belief uh, with having to get everyone to understand like, yeah, no, I am Santa Claus. They all thought he was insane. So it's an incredible movie. Uh, But then you got Jingle All the Way, which Arnold is Um, caught up in work. Arnold, you're my number one customer. He's caught up with work. He's not focused on his family like he should be. He forgot to get the Turbo Man. And now he's got to spend the day trying to get this Turbo Man. And he spends the entire movie jumping through hoop after hoop trying to get his hands on this Turbo Man. And he even goes up at the end and is Turbo Man in the parade and tries to give his son the Turbo Man. And what does Jamie do? He gives it to Sinbad's son. He says, I got the real Turbo Man at home. That's Christmas, man. That's Christmas. Yeah, he chose to give to someone else rather than take for himself. And that's Christmas. So for me, it's got to be Jingle All the Way. Sorry, sorry, Tim. I'm sorry, Tim. Love you, bro. But it's, it's Jingle All the Way, man. There are some really underrated performances in that Jingle All the Way movie. Like, Arnold is either incredibly good at being dopey or incredibly dopey as being awesome. And then you've got Phil Hartman as this, like, super creep, but actually, like, kind of getting away with it weirdo next door. Uh Oh, yeah, trying to bang all the moms in the neighborhood. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, this this performance, when I watch this, it's like a yearly reminder of what could have been with Phil Hartman, like getting cut down a little too short, um, you know, passing away a little too early. He he was a funny dude, and he adds a little bit of an element to this movie that – that makes it pretty good. The Sinbad is the mailman going crazy for the toy. This one is – I think it, it generally is like perceived as a craptastic Christmas movie. But I mean you have the scene with the, the warehouse Santas. Oh and, yeah. And it's so, it's what it's what you were touching on with Elf, which I agree with. It's fun. From start to finish, it's fun. You're on this wild ride with Arnold, like you just want to get the turbo man. Like, no, I don't want could- booster. <laughs> They could not have come up with a better name, too. Like, overly generic, ridiculously pathetic Turbo Man. Um, and, give they got, love to and, the, the, and they got Anakin Skywalker as Jamie. So, like, that's, yeah, which, that's another point right there. <laughs> I have to revisit that every year. Actually, last year, I think, was the first year in a while. I think it was last year, maybe the year before, that I didn't – had to be last year – that I didn't watch Jingle All the Way. And I left the holiday season kind of being like – Oh, that was that was an opportunity that I did not get to watch a film that I think is stupendously hokey, but it's enjoyable. Um, we watched it so much growing up, and every year I try to save it for when Kara and Ryan are around, so that we can watch it together. 
but a lot of times it gets skipped over for that reason because I hold it till the end of the season and then for whatever yeah. reason maybe it doesn't pan out and it gets skipped but regardless it's very fresh in my memory like we saw it so many times that I I can take you from start to finish on that one I I, this one's really tough for me. I knew when I put this one on the bracket that this would be incredibly difficult because I really very hard all the way. But why couldn't Santa you Claus, put this up against the Christmas Chronicles? Would have been an easy one, man. <laughs> <laughs> I I kind of like it though. You got to have some really strong first round matchups and yeah, uh, keeps it Santa Claus. I, I flicked that one on. Grace actually started to really like that one last year, which I appreciate for her being five years old and she can, you know, she misses. 60% of the humor, but uh, this is a good one, obviously, then for well, the kids. It's also the inspiration behind my transformation. You know, I've been growing my beard since August and eating and drinking to excess to try to grow the belly, uh, just oh, really? like Tim Allen. Oh, yeah, really? I've got a belly. I've got a belly right now, and I've got like a three-inch beard uh, because I want to transform just like Scott Calvin did. So... Make no mistake, that movie is very sentimental to me. But like like we said before, we're going in this unbiased. We're choosing just based on merit. And to me, it's Jingle All the Way. I'm sitting here thinking about all the lines that I can recite from the Santa Claus and how enjoyable I think parts are, especially the rose. Dad, the rose by the clatter company. Um, I think the scene at the end where the – you know you're breaking santa out and all the police are looking for him i i love the santa claus and i it's incredibly difficult for me to go against the santa claus but uh oh i don't know it's either break out the coin or go against the film that i probably have in my top four or five that's your call bro if you want to break out the coin we can break out the coin Let's let's leave it up to it because I'm fine either way with the coin, and we'll let the spirit of Christmas prevail. The spirit of Christmas coin. The spirit of Christmas so knows, go. dude. It'll make the right. right I'm going Santa Claus. You go jingle all the way. You call it in the air, and then we'll see what we get. How do I know when to call it? I can't see you. <laughs> that is the joy of, of an audio medium. All right, go ahead, call it. Uh, just because Arnold's a salesman and. Uh... Not so wholesome. I'm going to go tails again, just like the Grinch. <laughs> All right. Tinbad would appreciate that one, too. All right, here we go. Flip. It is. Oh, crap. I lost the coin in the couch. All right, we're going to flip again. Whoa. All right. I don't, it is, I don't, know, it I don't is. know how I feel about this, bro. You botched the first toss. All right, we'll do two best two out of three. All right, here we go. No, no just, just one, but like, okay. be, be more careful with your flips, bro. <laughs> this is, I gotta do have to be careful. It's the spirit of Christmas coin. It is. Yeah. Uh, it is. We're gonna give a nod to Santa Claus, which I'm all right with. All right, go do you for think, it. one flip. I, I think that would probably echo. You know, the coin is supposed to represent spirit of Christmas, and my idea originally was represent the masses as well. Who would the masses pick? And I, I do think Jingle All the Way is is generally looked down upon. So. Oh, yeah, the masses. If you put it to the entire world, if you put this on Twitter, the Santa Claus would definitely be Jingle all the way. 
But, not by these two individuals, but uh, we're looking yeah. at the spirit of Christmas. I just hope we didn't waste it on that couch flip. But let's, regardless, let's go with one more flip and hopefully spirit hook us up, come back for us here, and let's see All what right, happens. All right, one more flip. One tails. more flip. Yeah, tails. Wow. All right, I'm cool with it. Spirit of Christmas prevailed yet again. Didn't go all the way. <laughs> I flipped the first one I lost in the couch. The second two were head, and that last one was tails. Unbelievable. Spirit of Christmas, right. dog. Jingles, moving on. All right, so second round, sleigh ride region. We got the one seed. Home Alone is coming into play, going up against the 1966 classic, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. And... uh I think it would be moot for me to let the Grinch move on here if I did not cast my vote for Home Alone, a movie which now not only I appreciated growing up and generally gave such great value to, but Grace finds this to be maybe the most enjoyable Christmas movie, and it gives me happiness to see her just cherish this one so heavily. We have uh, the... Uh, Amazon Echo Dot in our house is synced up to the Christmas tree so we can walk in the house and tell it, you know, hey, turn on the Christmas tree, except one of our settings is for us to say, hey, Kevin, and the Christmas tree will pop on. Like, we are a full-on Home Alone house, and for me, that gives it a little extra nod this year because Grace calls it either Kevin 1 or Kevin 2. I actually think she likes Kevin 2 more, and so I'm going to vote here Home Alone, and then I'll let you... uh, Speak your piece. Well, like I said before, the Grinch, uh, Dr. Seuss's How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Well, I'm sorry. I was going to try to differentiate the two. They literally have the exact same name, Dr. Seuss's How the Grinch Stole Christmas. You've got the original animated one and you've got the Jim Carrey one. And I based on that, cannot let the original proceed, despite what it brought to the table at the time. Uh, It just isn't as strong as the Jim Carrey one, so I think it needs to bow out here. Uh, And, you know, we talked about it last year. Home Alone is not my favorite. I think it gets too much hype. Uh, But I did realize last year that it is a Christmas movie. It is about not taking your family for granted, And I will add to that from what I discovered last year. I think it also has a lot to do with self-love. And you know what they say, you can't love anybody until you love yourself. So I think that journey that Kevin went on of proving to himself that he could handle it, being alone at the holidays, as much as he wanted his family there with him, he did it on his own and gained a lot from that. I think he grew a lot as a person. Uh, and I'm sure that furthered him in his fictional life going forward. Uh, so I think that also plays into the Christmas spirit is like loving yourself. Like that's the first step to loving others. Uh, so based on those two themes, I do think it's a strong Christmas movie and I'm going to have to agree with you and we'll push it up. All right. So Kevin moves on now. We got one more to determine um, before we get to our final two in this region. We got Jingle All the Way and Jim Carrey, oh. Dr. <laughs> How the Grinch Stole Christmas. A very and, uh, hard one again, man. I, 
I will go first then. Uh, and I know okay. you've uh, you've made some selections prior. I'm going to give it to after a very grueling first round matchup. I'm going to give this one to Jingle all the way. And I, I think I'm going to let that one advance over the Grinch because of the reasons we talked about earlier. Um, also, a big leg up here for originality. That that movie's original. There's no... There might be some other thematic elements of which it pulls from, but Dr. Seuss's Jim Carrey's Whoever's How I Stole the Grinch Stole, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, it is just another adaption of a book we've already read a movie we've already seen so i'm gonna give it a jingle all the way here wow interesting because i mean i feel like i was the one fighting for jingle all the way in the previous round and i might not be able to do that here Um, i was i was impressed by arnold's grit in that first round oh i mean absolutely like you know, I, I, that's what's making this so difficult, is I love both movies. Um, oh, this is tough, man. You're putting me in a tight spot. <laughs> I might have to do a coin flip on my own. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Like, The Grinch is just, like I said, it's a staple. It set the stage for all of this, and... Jim Carrey just played it so well. And he was so good. The girl that they got to play, Cindy Lou Who, and uh, just, oh, man, you're putting me in a tough spot, bro. You know, um, while, you're th- while you're thinking, the girl who played Cindy Lou Who, uh, I'm looking up her name again, but I, every year it makes me feel uh, so dang old that, you know, that film is. 20 early 2000s 22 years old at this point um taylor michael momsen is uh the gal's name she's 30 at this point so that you know we're old hey two years younger than me man she's still a kid (laughs) (laughs) um oh i just i need 10 seconds to just mull this over give me 10 seconds here all right, I'll give you I'll give you a point against the Grinch, um, Jim Carrey Grinch. I know they're who's, and I know they're supposed to look a certain way. I, man, I do not like the appearance of the who's in uh, the live action Grinch. It, it really kind of throws me off because Cindy Lou Who does not look like every other Grinch, and that has always kind of irked me. It's kind of been a little weird she's and off putting. They all look this a, way with their noses, and she's a kid though. Kid. She hasn't grown into the nose yet. I mean, it makes total sense. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is, uh, it is a phenomenal Jim Carrey performance. I mean, Grace knows at this point. Well, every time we meet a new kid named Max, it's not Max. It's Max. I think I've come to my decision. Am I, am I pulling the coin out? Uh, my decision, I'll answer it with a line from the film. Oh, Christmas. Oh, Martha May. (laughs) It's the Grinch, bro. I'm sorry, Arnold. I'm sorry, Arnold. I can't give it to him, man. As much as I love him. Yeah, I do a pretty good Arnold. Uh, But as much as I love Jingle All the Way, 
I can't let it surpass the Grinch. Like I've said many times so far, it's a staple, and this is the best Grinch movie they ever made. So it's going to have to move on for me. So let's pull out that coin, I guess. You know what? You know what, though? I, I'm going to... I'm gonna sway. I, I'm not. I'm gonna. I'm gonna get off jingle, and uh, this one is for the wife. Who it is one of her favorite Christmas movies, and she's really steered me to appreciate it more in recent years. That I'll give it to Grinch. We don't need the coin. I'm good at that. I did Let's have a lead in the last round anyway. So, all right, we are down to two in this region. We've got Kevin and Home Alone, and we've got Jim Carrey's Doctor Seuss's How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Max, uh, so I, I think the, I think the Grinch has to move on here. I agree. All right, that was quick. That was easy. <laughs> I, I think, I think. While I love Home Alone, while my girls will stand for that movie, I think the the, the fact that the argument could be made at Home Alone is not even a Christmas movie, and the Grinch is. Absolutely, Christmas movie. He pretends to be Santa Claus and steal the presents and then give them back. Um, well, that's the thing. Like, he, like, it doesn't have Santa. Like I've said, that's a hang up for me if a Christmas movie doesn't have Santa. But my belief is that everyone is Santa. We are all Santa. So when he decides to give the presents back in the suit, he's Santa in that moment. And Home Alone just doesn't have a Santa at all. So the Grinch, for me, has got to be superior. All right. So we got the Grinch coming out of that bracket. So we're going to go to Santa's workshop region. And I mentioned earlier that uh, the region, so we didn't hit on the last one. The last one was a sleigh ride region. But... I did those entirely random. It must, the spirit of Christmas must have been guiding me because the sleigh ride region had the Christmas Chronicles, both Grinches, Jingle All the Way, and the Santa Claus. Pretty fitting. And now we're going to hop over to the Santa's Workshop region where we're going to have Miracle on 34th, Arthur Christmas, A Year Without Santa Claus, and Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. I think it's wild how... Well, Pretty and fittingly also, matched up. And also Charlie Brown Christmas and Muppet Christmas Carol. Yeah. And we got those two as well. So, all right, here we go. Uh, the one seed in this region is Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. The two seed advances. 34th, both with a bye. So we are going to start with the pretty solid 4-5 seed matchup of a Muppet Christmas Carol and the year without a Santa Claus. And I'm going to let you, I'm going to see the floor to you. I'm going to let you go first on this one. Year without a Santa Claus. Absolutely a favorite of mine. Uh, the Heat Miser, Snow Miser song is big for me. Uh, Bill's been saying all year so far, I'm too much. <laughs> <laughs> so I've shown him that song a bunch. Uh, and I love the film. Uh, but, and it has Santa. It has Santa. You know, one of my prerequis- prerequisites. Uh, but in this particular scenario, I'm going to have to give it to Muppet Christmas Carol because the Christmas Carol is 
really set the stage for all these movies, dude. Like, The Christmas Carol is, like, I can't, Iconic doesn't even do it justice. Christmas Carol is the quintessential Christmas story. Uh, and the Muppets did it beautifully. Uh, I mean, Ebenezer Scrooge, uh, I'm blanking on the dude's name. What's that dude's oh, name? Uh, Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Alfred. Alfred. Yeah. Michael Caine, bro. Like, what a what a what a great casting. What a great job they did interpreting the whole story. Uh, I think the strongest, despite what I said last year. I know I, you know, Muppet Family Christmas is big for me. Uh, definitely in my top five. But I gotta heed to the Christmas Carol. I think that's the strongest Muppet Christmas story. And it adapts the most iconic Christmas story of all time. So as much as I love Year Without a Santa Claus, I'm going to have to give it to Muppet Christmas Carol on this one. Yeah. So earlier you mentioned that, that the Grinch is like the OG curmudgeon. And I think that Charles Dickens would have something to say about that because <laughs> you're right. You're right. <laughs> I think he's, he's going to be on the record to be like, whoa, hey, hey hello. I, I did come up with Ebenezer Scrooge. And uh, we actually, we read this one tonight uh, for Girls Story Time. I picked it out, introduced Grace to Bob Cratchit and Ebenezer Scrooge and introduced, uh, I think, a very fun phrase, bah humbug. And uh, I'm with you. The Year Without a Santa Claus, Kristen likes that one. That is her favorite claymation, kind of old-timey, Rankin Jules uh, Christmas film. But I am with you. Christmas Carol is an absolute classic. A little bit of a history on this film. It's the first Muppets film to be produced by Walt Disney Pictures, um, who would later own all the Muppets and all the characters anyway. But it also is the first one following the death of uh, Jim Henson. So, R.I.P. Kind of, uh, yeah, kind of iconic in that sense. Also, this one was released about three months after I was born. So, there's your three fun history facts. I'm with you. I'm gonna go with uh, Muppet Christmas Carol. Yeah, you're, and, and you're right. The Grinch is absolutely influenced by Ebenezer Scrooge. Yeah, he's. You, you got to believe that uh, Mr. Theodore Geisel, aka Doctor Seuss himself, was sitting around listening, watching the Christmas Carol, and decided, "Ooh, I got an idea, and I love to rhyme." And, let's uh, make Let's make board. Scrooge green and furry. And <laughs> and we'll give him a dog, and uh, he lives on a mountain, and uh, yeah, there you go. All right, yeah, t- I think the OG of Ebenezer had a dog though too, didn't he? He might have. I don't know he that I've ever read, read Dickens' Christmas Carol. I've just read abridged versions and children's stories, but uh, yeah, that's that's interesting. Yeah, that might be a move. I might I might need to jump on Audible. I don't really read books, but. <laughs> <laughs> get a red to you. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, so we got the Muppets moving on. Got the four seed advancing. Next one down on the bracket, we got a Charlie Brown Christmas oh, versus uh, the six seed Arthur Christmas. And this one may be the most prominent example of new school versus old school on this entire bracket oh, at any point. Absolutely, dude. Because we've been talking about it lately. Arthur Christmas is a revelation and a really nice Christmas film that came out just a few years back. But uh, it's going right up against here, you know, 
Charles Schultz, Peanuts, Classics, Charlie Brown Christmas. Um, yeah, you t- you take the lead on this one. Let's hear. Let's man, hear where I, you're at. I had I don't. It might have been from your mom. I I had the uh, a Charlie Brown Christmas uh, storybook growing up, and it had a it had a holographic tree on the cover, and it was cool. And I don't not, know not what a big tree. To it. It's not a big tree. No, it was it was it was just a, <laughs> it wasn't the tree that was holographic so much as the cover. Um, <laughs> but you know, there's great lessons to be learned from Charlie Brown. But I think Arthur Christmas thinks through things in such a thoughtful way, and really gives meaning to the idea of Santa Claus is is this idea. And could be embraced by any person willing to put on the red suit, especially somebody who's willing to give it everything they've got for the satisfaction and joy of one little child. That I'm going to go with Arthur Christmas here in a in a maybe a, maybe an upset. Uh, so yeah, I uh, I definitely feel what you're saying about this old school versus new school. Charlie Brown Christmas is a classic. The idea that this little tree can bring as much Christmas spirit as a big tree uh, and just all the themes that that brings to the table. Uh, I mean, it's a great movie, but I have to agree with you. I think Arthur Christmas needs to move forward because despite the fact that it's newer, it really hits on the whole idea of Christmas because Arthur is this quirky nerd messing everything up guy. Uh, and Steve is supposed to take the reins and become the new Santa. He's been kind of the driving force for years. You can tell that the current Santa is kind of checked out. He's kind of just going with Steve's program. Uh, And that's the thing. It, It all comes down to this girl, Gwen. And they do not deliver the bike to Gwen. And Steve's like, well, it's a .000154 margin of error. Uh, it's not a big deal. It is what it is. But to Arthur, it's a huge deal. It's one kid who got missed at Christmas, and that's not okay. And so he sets out to deliver that gift. And in the end, he does end up delivering that gift. And I texted it to you the other night after we watched it. Gwen comes down to the tree, and she sees that she got the bike, and she says, oh, my God, Santa got me the bike that I wanted for Christmas. And they're all watching. Like, they drop the bike, and Arthur had the idea, like, let's watch. Let's, let's hide in this closet and watch what happens. And Santa's like, well, I've never done that. Like, I've, I've never even thought to do that. But they stand there, and they watch Gwen open the present. She says, Santa got me the bike. And Santa turns to Steve and says, Steve, you deserve to be Santa but I wonder if Gwen is right. And then the camera pans to Arthur. Which, in the look he has on his face of, of pure euphoria watching this pure, movie, he works so hard to get a present. Pure joy, dude. Like, that's, he embodies the Christmas spirit. He clearly is the next Santa, despite all the work that Steve has put in. And he's done a great job, and he did become the COO, Chief Operating Officer of the North Pole. So, like, 
he's happy with that. I mean, he understands. He's got to yield to Arthur. Like, Arthur has the Christmas spirit. Arthur brought back what all the Santas had forgotten is like, yeah, it's not about efficiency or whatever. It's about getting a toy to every kid. And yeah, it's, it's, I watched it for the first time last year and I watched it again this year. And I'm just like, man, this is solid. They did an incredible job with this. I think it helps to watch them with little kids. And the idea of it starts with, you know, the movie opens with this idea of you got, what do they call it? S1, the giant, Spacecraft, yep, the giant spacecraft, spacecraft which is which is so cool that it like can park over a city and has stars on the bottom so it looks as if you're just looking up in the night sky but it's not the night sky it's the s1 this massive spaceship bill yelled as we were watching it airplane <laughs> airplane <laughs> <laughs> yeah this this thoughtful brilliant way of uh you got all the elves fly down from the spacecraft to help Santa do the job. And it's and it makes sense because there's so many kids now. It's not the nineteen forties or whatever. It's not how it was then. Like there are so many kids and so many cities you have to hit. And it just makes total sense. Uh, of course he would have like a light speed spaceship and thousands of elves to help deliver these presents because it's very difficult for one guy to do it on his own. Uh, but I feel like there was a disconnect amongst Steve and the current Santa and even the grandpa Santa. There was a disconnect. There's too many kids. They don't have that connection anymore. But Arthur did. Arthur worked in letters and he read all the letters and he understood how important Santa and Christmas was. And it's not about Steve or his dad or any of those guys. It's about Santa. They may be the current Santa or the coming up Santa, but it's... Santa's an idea. It's not necessarily a person. So even though Steve wasn't like reaching for that, or not, I'm sorry, even though Arthur wasn't reaching for that, it's like, yeah, no, he's the guy. He's the guy. It's very clear. Christmas spirit chose him. So are we agreed there? Arthur Christmas moving on. Upset. We did. We talked a lot more about it than we maybe needed to, but yeah, Arthur Christmas moves maybe. on. <laughs> Maybe not to convince folks to watch it. It's like we said, it's a new school. It's, it's a good cute film. And uh, again, I think it's a crisp film. I, I think it's pretty, pretty swift, a uh, tremendous job. Uh, 2011 is this film and a uh, tremendous job by James McAvoy. Got a fun British cast for this one. Who was um, he? Was he Arthur? Yeah, he was Arthur. Oh, okay. This movie for those who follow along with such uh, rating scales as well. Um, this movie is a 92% Rotten Tomatoes score, which is the critics who are telling you that this is a good film. So um, there we go. Arthur Christmas moving on. All right. Next round, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer going off against the Muppet Christmas Carol. And I'll let you go first because I think my mind's made up on this one. Ooh. Definitely a tough one for me. Um, Rudolph, as we've talked about, just kind of like, Definitely was one of the ones that started it all, man. Uh, and still holds up to this day uh, about a misfit who... It doesn't matter if you're a misfit, man. Like, you you can bring something to the table. Like, he, he led the sleigh that night. Like, without him, there wouldn't have been a Christmas. Uh, so it just speaks to the idea that, like, and whenever you're feeling down or, like, you're not 
worthy like you are like anyone can anyone can do this man so like ah this is tough because like we said christmas carol an absolute classic the strongest of the muppet christmas films there's what i think like four of them so that's saying something that is the strongest one This is a good little uh, one seed, four seed tilt here. Yeah, this is tough. This is tough, dude. I got to dig deep on this one. How about if I if I make the case, maybe that'll sway a little bit. Make your case while I while I tap in the Christmas spirit. (laughs) Uh, I okay. Wow, that was contagious. Um, (laughs) Rudolph is. Is so good. We we talked about it's the it's the first one of these claymations. So they really went out on a limb to establish this type of storytelling. You've got the big guy in the red suit. You've got the little elf. You've got the story that we know based on the song. You know Rudolph the Red Nose Reindeer. But they they bring it to life in a pretty satisfying way. Um. I do like, a, you know, like I've said a couple times, I do like a swift uh, run through when it comes to these these films and these specials. And this one clocks in at about 50 minutes. Um, got some, some good music. Ooh, this is tough. Okay. I think, though... Oh, Michael Caine is so good as Ebenezer Scrooge. I think I, I lean true. towards the Muppets. I, I lean toward a Muppet Christmas Carol and kind of bringing that classic Christmas Carol story to a younger, more modern generation and then having it persist over the last couple decades. I lean Muppets. This snuck up on me because I did not think this would be this hard. Uh, but uh, yeah, we're ultimately looking at like this, like, oh, it's just such a matchup, dude. We're talking about a film that has Santa versus a film that has the curmudgeon, the original curmudgeon, the and a good one at that, Michael Caine. Two iconic Christmas themes going head to head. Uh, oh man. Do you want to? Okay, so here's a proposal. Do you want to leave this one up to the the uh, magic of Christmas coin? Just, just totally flip it. See what we get. I think I've got to, man, because like I said, Rudolph has Santa, and Rudolph has the idea that anyone is capable of bringing the Christmas spirit to the rest of us. All right. And Rudolph, like he's the misfit who was looked down on, and without him, it wouldn't have been Christmas so I think it just hits on to me Rudolph has to move forward and you you went with Muppets and I think you're totally right I think we need to let the coin make the decision I I, I would be fine with Rudolph and I think you'd be fine with Muppets so here we go um, exactly yeah give me, give me a call and then we'll flip all right this one is gonna be heads it's gotta be heads there's no Grinch in the mix I mean there's an Ebenezer but <laughs> there's there's also a Kermit. So I'm going to go heads. <laughs> All right. Flip. The spirit of Christmas. 
prevails again. It is heads. So Rudolph moves <laughs> forward. Rudolph is moving on. All right. See, I feel like that was a fun conversation. One seed, four seed. Rudolph, Muppets. This next one for me is not. I said I've never seen Miracle 34th as our one seed is facing off against – our two seed facing off against the upstart, six seed, Arthur Christmas. And it's easy for me. I loved Arthur Christmas and be glad to watch that again. Have not seen Miracle. Don't intend on seeing Miracle. I think this one is a bit antiquated. I think it's a bit out of date. I don't think the kids of today necessarily match up as conveniently with the uh, main gal from this film. And so I think for me it's easy. It's Arthur Arthur Christmas, and so I'll let you uh, help make that determination here. Well, it's tough to even take your opinion into account on this based on the fact that you've admitted you haven't even seen one of the movies. (laughs) That's fair. That's fair. And that's where uh, I I knew this matchup and any matchup with Miracle would would, – I'd need your perspective. I'd need your input. And here it comes. Here it comes. So – the original Miracle on 34th Street, I agree. It is outdated. Uh, it's tough to watch. Uh, I've only really made it through like half of that because it's so old and it just doesn't really hit home. Like it doesn't adhere to my sensibilities as someone who grew up in the 90s. And like it's, it's just too old. It's too old. So I lean more toward the newer version of Miracle on 34th Street. I watched that one last year in full and it's a good film, man. Like that's the one I think you need to watch this year. Um, if there's one movie walking away from this that you need to give a shot to, it's the newer Miracle on 34th Street because it's a cool story. Like Santa's basically down just like hanging out because it's not Christmas time yet. He doesn't have any thing to knock out at the North Pole. He's got the elves pumping up there. So he's he's visiting the real world. And he comes upon the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Uh, you know, iconic. Uh, Santa's at the end. It's something we all watch on Thanksgiving. Uh, and he sees that the Santa that they've selected is drunk. And he goes to the director of the whole thing and he's like, yo, like you can't have this guy like representing Santa. Like he's wasted and like doesn't care about Christmas and doesn't care about the kids. And so she's like, all right, yeah, you're right. He's, he's drunk. So like we'll fire him. And she asks this guy, he, uh, he's played by John Hammond, Jurassic Park. Uh, she's like, yo, would you, be the santa so he he's like oh i mean yeah if if it means not having this drunk guy in there yeah sure so he acts as santa in the macy's thanksgiving day parade people love him so much he comes on he's the acting santa at macy's in new york that year he's the one who kids come and sit on their lap and the concept of that just crazy like yeah you know this isn't like a fake like department store santa you're sitting on the real santa's lap he knows your name he knows where you live he knows what you want for christmas and that's huge for the kids like they love like it's just such a departure from like sitting on like the fake santa's lap to this is the real santa and toward the end of the film it gets into more like he starts telling people he's the real santa and people think he's crazy and they have to go to court 
to prove whether or not he's like mentally stable. Like, is he insane? He thinks he's Santa. Uh, I mean, I won't spoil too much of it, but it's a very good movie. Uh, I think I maybe have seen parts of this one. You should definitely watch it, dude. You should definitely check it out. It is, it's good. And like I say, you got John Hammond as Santa. He's already got the beard. He's got the white hair. He's good. He's got the belly. <laughs> so it's good. Going up against Arthur Christmas. Uh, Which oh. I, I fully recognize as like a travesty that I'm picking this 10-year-old film that uh, probably has not been seen by uh, a great many folks over an iconic Santa Claus based classic, but here we are. Yeah, here we are. And I think I'm going to have to agree with you and move Arthur Christmas forward as good as Miracle on 34th Street is. And I definitely think you need to watch it this year. I think Arthur Christmas brought a lot to the table and revitalized the Christmas spirit and put it in a perspective of how the world is now. and But you can still care about that one kid. So I'm going to give it to Arthur Christmas. It's going to have to advance past Miracle on 34th for me. So to round out this region that gives us Rudolph and Arthur Christmas, and I think oh, man. I think this is, though, where we, we come back down to earth a little bit. And I, I don't know that I'm going to put Arthur past Rudolph. Yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. Like, I'd like to see, I'd like to see Arthur advance, but I agree. We can't put it past Rudolph, man. Rudolph is just too iconic. I think that's a, that's a slight bridge too far for me to cross. I agree a hundred percent. It's Rudolph. All right. So we've got three regions finished. Um, and we, so far we've got two one seeds, Elf and Rudolph. And a two-seed, uh, Jim Carrey's Dr. Seuss's How the Grinch Stole Christmas. And we move to the Down the Chimney region, which I'll lay out all of them in this bracket. Again, sort of fitting with the uh, name of the region. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation is the one-seed. It's a Wonderful Life, the two-seed. Home Alone 2, which I'll talk more about in a minute, three-seed. Fred Claus, four-seed. Die Hard, five seed, and the six seed, the night before. Now, a quick note on this region. Uh, Home Alone 2 is in here because, number one, it's my bracket. I made it. I can do what I want. Number two, <laughs> uh, I have heard not, not only a handful of conversations as to which is the better Home Alone. I think they did such a nice job with the second one that there are folks out there, and I'm not one of them, who believe that the second one is can hold a candle to the first one. Um, I forget where you stand on that, but that was the reasoning why, you know, Christmas Chronicles 2, not in here. Uh, the Santa Claus 2, not in here. None of the other diehards are in here. None of the Christmas movies. We don't have any sequels in here um, like we do Home Alone 2. So that would be the reason why there. All right, well... Let's kick it off here with uh, number four and number five seed, Fred Claus going up against Die Hard. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go first on this one. Uh, I put Die Hard in here because I think the conversation, is Die Hard a Christmas movie, is uh, this side of, is Home Alone a Christmas movie, in terms of like 
No, it's probably not. But it takes place at Christmas, so. Oh, I think sure. it's totally valid having it in here. To a lot of people, it is a Christmas movie. It is set at Christmas time. Uh, it is about protecting your family, I guess you could say. Uh, and for those who enjoy, maybe aren't so into the whole idea of the Christmas theme and the belief and the Santa Claus and all that, maybe you're more of a casual Christmas viewer and you love a sh- nice shoot 'em up uh, Die Hard is definitely in the, in the mix. So I totally get why it's on here. Uh, but for me, it just doesn't hit on the message hard enough. And like I said, it's just kind of a shoot 'em up set at Christmas time. Uh, and you know how I feel about Fred Claus. We talked about it last year. Uh, Fred Claus mm-hmm. wins for me. Yeah, you, you swayed me big time on Fred Claus, and I'm I was in the same mind space. Uh, Fred Claus has advantage in here, and it's not really a contest. Thanks for. It's participation trophy for Bruce Willis and Die Hard. Thanks for thanks for playing. Yeah, um, you made it. You made it an easy one here. Uh, Fred Claus is just. It has the, as we've said multiple times throughout this, the curmudgeon, the down on Christmas guy. Obviously, because his brother is Christmas, so it's like, yeah, he's kind of like in the shadow of Christmas. So of course you would hate Christmas, but by the end, he's so on board with it. So. That's well, a strong. It's a stronger film. What a cast we have in Fred Claus too. An entirely convincing performance by Vince Vaughn. Paul Giamatti, Giamatti is really fun. Kevin Spacey is the ultimate jerkwad. Um, Elizabeth Banks is fun. We got the little Willie guy. I'm picturing in my mind right now. Uh, Bisa Burden by uh, the Stones and his little dance scene in the bar. With Vince Vaughn's Fred Claus, this is a fun movie, and it's got a good message, and it turns some hearts. And yeah, every kid deserves a gift on Christmas. Yep, and it goes back. That's why we like Arthur Christmas too. Yep, every kid, man. Doesn't matter if it's one kid; that kid deserves one too. Yeah, the the brotherly relationship. I think both of us can um can appreciate in this film. So. All right, that was easy. Fred Claus moving on. Good Quick matchup one. in round two. <laughs> this um, one, I don't know if we're going to see as eye to eye on, man. I I don't know. Um, so we got our 3-6 matchup, Home Alone 2, the night before. For those who haven't seen the night before, basic premise, three guys determine their lives are going, classic trope, going in different directions. They want to come together one more night and uh, have Christmas like they have had in the past. And it's it's a bit more poignant because – give me again. What is – it's uh, Seth Rogen's – or is it Joseph Gordon-Levitt's parents? Yeah, you I'll hit you with it. That. I'll hit you with it. So, yeah, so Joseph Gordon-Levitt's parents, I think it was a car accident, uh, but they died when he was 18. And Seth Rogen and Anthony Mackie, a.k.a. The Falcon, a.k.a. Captain America, uh, they decide that they're not going to let their friend be alone on Christmas. And they go to him and drink and smoke weed and just have like an awesome night together. And that tradition continues for, I don't know, 10, 15 years 
because uh, they're like into their like early 30s by the time we meet back up with them on this particular Christmas Eve. Uh, and yeah, it's the last one. Seth Rogen's got a family now. Anthony Mackey's a famous football player. Uh, they're kind of moving on with their lives. Joseph Gordon-Levin is stuck uh, in the past. And they decide they're going to do one more last hurrah together. And it's an incredible time. It's a blast. Uh, very fun movie. Uh, but it definitely... The idea behind it, the ultimate idea behind the movie is like being there for each other. And like they're not family, but like they're going to be there for each other and they're not going to let their friend be alone with what's happened to them. Uh, and I think that's a strong Christmas message. And you got Michael Shannon playing a Christmas angel uh, oh, slash, about slash weed dealer. I uh, forgot about him. He's great. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it just, it really catches the spirit and puts it in an adult context for all of us to enjoy. Uh, it just totally obliterates Home Alone 2, in my opinion. Home Alone 2 is a rehash of the original. Doesn't bring anything new to the table. It's just like, yeah, Kevin got left alone again, and he still misses his family. It's, to me, it's, that's ah, a throwaway, man, like... I, like I said, I think Home Alone 1 deserves to be on this bracket. I don't know that Home Alone 2 does. So for me, Seth Rogen and crew move forward. Well, and it's a strong it's a strong three-person uh, trio leading the way in the night before with Anthony Mackie and JGL and Seth Rogen. You got some good side characters too. I mean, Mindy Kaling kind of like Flirts in for a minute uh, in this did one. You, you got did you Feldman bleed in, in my drink? Did yeah. you bleed in my drink? <laughs> and, and this one definitely has. It goes in the different direction from Home Alone Two because Home Alone Two is like a, a kids' movie trying to be a movie for like older adults. Maybe this one is a Christmas movie for adults. Absolutely with no for adults, not for kids at all. Bill yeah, won't no, see this no one even until he's like thirteen. Yeah, no even thinking that this is for <laughs> children in any capacity. Um, and I think the one redeeming quality for Home Alone 2 is I think it's a really touching scene in the end where the mom, um, Catherine O'Hara, goes like, Oh, well, is it a is touching my... scene at the end with the mom? Similar to the first one, no? Well, yeah, I mean, it, it is. <laughs> but go ahead. I don't mean it, it is the same dang movie. And we, for those who haven't listened last year, we uh, we analyzed all the injuries in Home Alone 1 and 2 and uh, broke down which were the worst. That scene, though, where she realizes he's at the Rockefeller tree and then she sees him. And I, I honestly go back and forth on whether that is a more um, – touching moment than the first yeah, almost a more touching moment yeah than the first one where they're just in their house and you know you realize the gravity of my family's back i didn't wish them away i'm really appreciative that they're here from kevin's side it's that maybe aggravated in the second one where now well, he's in the biggest city in the world and it's my the mom idea found me. yeah it's the idea of doing the same movie but upping the stakes so instead of the joyful reunion in the front room of the house now we got the joyful reunion at the most iconic christmas spot potentially of all time the 
tree at Rockefeller Center in New York City. Like, like you, like we said, they just took the same film, made it again, and up the stakes. And then from there, they you know they wake up in the hotel room, and and he goes and sees uh, the bird lady again. There are some tremendously redeeming parts in Home Alone too. But again, I you know I went earlier with uh, the idea of I forget where might have been Arthur Christmas. The idea of originality coming oh Jingle All the Way uh, coming into play with coming up with this this idea where there are so many common themes and tropes about Christmas and the holiday season that uh, the night before only f- kind of skirts at some of those ideas and then and then does its own thing and uh, in a very remarkable and often crude way. Um, I, I'm totally cool with giving it here to the night before. I think this is a movie that uh, is not as maybe popular as Home Alone 2, but thematically it works uh, just as easily as Home Alone 2. And uh, I do love the Home Alone franchise. Again, my kids revere that franchise. Well, the first two, the rest don't exist. But um, I'm with you. I, I think I'm cool with the night before moving on here. Sounds good. Which gives us two matchups. We've got National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation up against Fred Claus and uh, It's a Wonderful Life and The Night Before. And uh, so we'll start with Christmas Vacation against Fred Kloss, a tough matchup. A little bit tough, a little bit tough, but why don't you start? I... The interesting thing is I think I know where you're going to go, and so there it's just a matter of what I pick, and then where do we go from there? I think Christmas Vacation, there are not as many heartwarming scenes. I mean, it's it's basically a humor movie that's got kind of slight touching on the heartstrings. So I think for that reason, probably Fred Claus, but I think you're going to seal the deal here with going with Fred Claus. Yeah, I think National Lampoon, like you said, it has a lot of good gags and uh, you're laughing and stuff, but like it doesn't really hit on the message as much as I would like. And I don't think it's aged well. I think Chevy Chase kind of comes off as a douchebag like throughout some of it uh like like i said last year i think the idea is trying to give his kids the best christmas and his family this great christmas but at times it comes off a little selfish like he almost wants it for him uh and just just not the best ai which like in the 80s that was more like uh i don't know i don't know exactly how to put it but you know what i mean like Men were men were different in the eighties, and back then it's like, oh yeah, that's like about as much as you can expect. But like in today's day and age, we give a lot more to our families and our kids. And what he was trying to bring to the table, it's like, eh, you could be doing more, bro. (laughs) (laughs) So like, I just for what it is, I don't think Christmas Vacation really holds a candle to the idea of Fred Claus coming to the realization that it's not about him or it's not about his successful business venture, getting the loan from his brother. It's about giving every kid the best Christmas, especially smash his neighbor who got picked up by child services, who wants a puppy and he gets him the puppy dude. And like, it's I forgot just, about that part too. 
It's taking care of every kid, man. Yeah, you know, I, I think of this, the, the breakdown for me in, in determining the winner here comes down to Christmas Vacation to me is the marquee movie I am totally cool with. I'm doing something. We were Christmas shopping last night online. And I'm like, let's throw on Christmas Vacation. Just have that on the background. I don't, I don't want that with Fred Claus. If I'm, if I'm watching, it's, yeah, it's not background. Christmas I, I want to watch it. Background. I want to see what's yeah. going on. I want to take in the story. I want to appreciate the gravity of of the holiday season being at the same time as this movie that I'm watching. And Christmas Vacation is incredibly quotable, and it's got some tremendous humor that I fully appreciate. But I think the better Christmas. The better movie that captures Christmas spirit is uh, is Fred Claus. Agreed. All right. Freddie's moving on. And our next matchup to round out the uh, field of 64 to give us a final four here. We've got the night before. And it's a wonderful life. I'll let you go first on this one. <sighs> All right. So it's a wonderful life. Uh, certainly iconic. Uh, the idea that, and it's, it's touches back on what I talked about. Uh, what movie was that, that I brought that up? Uh, Home Alone, the self-love aspect. Uh, the dude from Wonderful Life does not love himself. He thinks that he's the reason that everything is as bad as it is. Uh, and then they show him that, no, you've actually made things a lot better than they could have been had you not been a part of things. Uh, But it doesn't really capture the Christmas message. Like, it's it's a self-realization thing. It's about him realizing that he's more valuable than he's giving himself credit for. And I appreciate that idea of, like, loving yourself uh, like I said, it's important to do that before you can love others. But as much as I think it makes more sense to go with Wonderful Life here uh, because of the iconic value and everything, I think I got to go with The Night Before just because of, like I said, the idea of it doesn't need to be family. Uh, you, you can choose your own family with friends. And these guys have chosen to stay together. And even though this was their last Christmas, going out, partying, getting all messed up, doing drugs and everything, like the following Christmas, we flash forward to that at the end, and they are all sitting around the table together enjoying Christmas dinner. So it's not like they bailed on each other. They just ended the partying tradition that they had going. So I I think night before in my opinion, wins. It just encapsulates the Christmas spirit better. That is a good little part to add about the night before is, is they, they do go through some rough times on that night. Um, and they, they do resolve those and come around the next next year. Um, it's not the same tradition, but they are just still kind of making together. Them up go. They're still together. Yeah, exactly. They're creating new traditions which is crucial for any of us, especially as you know, being a married man. And I know as well, like you have to blend the traditions together and go in the direction that everyone's going, you know, you have to adapt. I think I'm going to ride real hard for it's a wonderful life. Um, yeah. Give us your argument. 
And the next round. Because I think what It's Wonderful Life captures better than maybe any movie. I mean, this is a really bold statement. Maybe better than any movie ever. Is you just want to feel like you are making some sort of impact in the lives of others around you. And, you know, oh, crap. I'm totally forgetting his name right now. Uh, The main character... (laughs) It's a wonderful life, dude. Yeah, it's a wonderful life, dude. I'm, his name, uh, <laughs> the character's name, is coming to me more so than you know Jimmy, is it Jimmy Stewart, George Bailey, George Bailey, George Bailey, George Bailey. He is just trying to seek what I think we all are going for, which is the the idea that what I'm doing matters. What the things that I'm doing, the people I'm with, the the times that I have make some sort of difference, make some level of impact. And for him to get to the point of, I'm going to take my own life because I really feel like there is none of that going on. And then for that movie to show that, no, sir, without a doubt, absolutely, wholeheartedly, finitely, your life has made not only slight impact, but absurd levels of impact, you know, city altering levels of impact life changing to those around you levels of impact um it is it is a beautiful film the scene at the end where lulu you know every time a bell rings an angel gets his links i've never heard auld lang syne in a in a in the same way since i watched that film um that is one that gets me emotional every single year and um, on a just a, a world view of things, this film was never supposed to be what it is. It was the copyright ran out and networks picked it up as this. I've said this before to whoever would bother to listen to me. Networks picked it up as like a freebie. Let's throw it on during the holiday season, get some run out of it. And it turned into this beloved, iconic classic. Um, I think matters to me shows that people are invested in this film and uh, it, it's a it's a black and white film that has persevered so magnificently that I'm going to ride for It's a Wonderful Life so hard against so much on this bracket. Um, I if I haven't swayed you, I've got to leave it up to the coin of Christmas because I'm going with It's a well, Wonderful let me, Life. Um, let's uh, yeah. l- let's flip the coin uh, because it certainly it has value, but. To me, the night before just encapsulates that Christmas message much better. It's uh, so we're, we're giving it to the coin, and we'll we'll let's let give it to the coin. Yeah, we'll let the Christmas spirit decide here as it as it so moves because these are two good ones, and we've got another new school, old school um, battle here. But uh, yeah, let's all right. Here we go. So you pick a head or tails, and I'll flip it when you give me a what you think. Uh, hold on one sec. I got to think about this. Are we going heads or are we going tails? Christmas spirit guide you need, me. You need the channel for this flip. You need to channel Michael Shannon from the night before. What What would he pick? I think uh, it's always heads, man. It's got to yeah. be heads. <laughs> <laughs> that was a pretty good Michael Shannon from the night before. All right, here we go. Flip. It is heads. The spirit oh. of once again. 
my God, man. I mean, we got we got to touch on the fact that like I just feel like it's the spirit of Christmas must be flowing through me, bro. I've won every coin toss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, so let's let's do one more coin toss because I'm I'm totally. I think either one. Of, I kind of have a slight preference. On the, so we got our last matchup for the uh, down the chimney region, Fred Claus the night before. I think I know which one I'd give it to, but I'm curious if you had the same thought. And then if we could totally let the spirit of Christmas decide this one, because I feel like it would persevere regardless. I think the coin would make the same decision we're going to make. And I think we're on the absolute same page. I think it's Fred Claus. Oh, see, now I was going to say Fred Claus too. Now, now I'm scared to give it the coin. Uh, I mean... Let's say it's Fred Claus, but flip the coin just for fun, just to see what Christmas. Ah, but that's it. I don't think we need to test Christmas spirit like that. Yeah, I don't know. We we got to reserve the the coin. For yeah, show some. Thing. We got to show some respect. We can't like. Oh, we already decided. But like, what do you think, Christmas spirit? Nah, we can't do that. It's it's Fred oh, Claus. It's Fred Claus. So <laughs> we got our first uh, low seed here. We got a four seed, Fred Claus, going against the Grinch from the sleigh ride region. Two seed. On the other side of the bracket, we got the North Pole region represented by the one seed Elf and the Santa's Workshop region represented by the one seed Rudolph. We're down to four, the final four here. So it's Elf versus Rudolph and the Grinch versus Fred Claus for the best Christmas movie of all time. For the, well, at least for this bracket. Well, no, <laughs> I mean, four on this bracket. We, we tried to go we, with uh, pretty we did, a po- we did a podcast last year, we did an all encompassing bracket. I mean, I don't know if there's another person on this planet who is as expert level as we are on this, That's so yeah, cool. I'm definitely nobody's plugged in. So, I'm saying it without question, we are choosing the greatest Christmas movie of all time. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Let's start with uh, because one side of this bracket we got two one seeds, and the other side we got a two and a four. So let's start on the right. We got the Grinch, and we got Fred Claus. The Grinch and Fred Claus. You want to start? That is a a Titanic matchup. Big match. This is gonna get hard in these final. We're down to the final four, dude. Final three matchups here. This this is when Survivor gets real. Well, thinking certainly bodes well on an audio podcast. So I think initially, mm, I think I think my initial nod goes to the Grinch. And, and this is what's coming to my mind in this moment is the music. I'm always a big fan of the score, big fan of the music. And I think when we get the, the idea of that Anthony Hopkins narration in the Grinch, we get the Where Are You Christmas. We get the Fahu, Fahu. Um, that's a sweet, peaceful, just, it's a lovely little part of this film that I think gives me the nod. I think I lean toward the Grinch. What do you think? Yep, it's the Grinch. As much as I love Fred Claus, I think it was my number one last year, was it not? I think it was up there, yeah. I think it was my number one last year, dude, and it is one of my absolute favorites, but we would not have Fred Claus without Ebenezer Scrooge, without the Grinch. And like you said, the music is on point. Uh, the whole idea of every kid deserves a gift. <laughs> we got that 
tenfold with the Grinch, dude. Like, he stole all the gifts and then realized they needed to be given back. So, it's the Grinch. I'm sorry, Vince. We got to pass on this one. You made it far, but it's the Grinch. Yeah. Good run there, Vince. Uh, <laughs> yeah, good job. All right. Other side, then. Down to two matchups here. Elf and Rudolph. Uh, I need you to go first on this one. All right. Well, I think the fact that Elf pays homage to Rudolph with the riding on the block of ice and the Norwals and stuff swimming around, uh, I think Elf basically takes a knee on this one. It's Rudolph, dude. Huh. That is a that might be a defining swaying moment on your part because that is a because, brilliant point. Because Elf is a misfit too, dude. Like Will Ferrell plays a misfit in that movie. He's doesn't fit in. He's not an elf. He's a human living amongst the elves. And when he goes to the real world, he doesn't fit in there either because he's an elf human. So like it plays right back to the whole idea of being a misfit, which is what Rudolph brought to the table in, what did we say, 1966 or something? 64. 64, dude. Rudolph brought to the table. So to try to say that Elf did a better job of it in the early 2000s, I, I can't do it, man. Rudolph. Rudolph takes it, in my opinion. You know, too, I, I love, I've mentioned it a couple times, I love the idea of originality. Elf, whew, not going to get much more original than that. In terms of oh, yeah. the story and the, the connectivity with the Hobbs family. and It made nods, but it was absolutely an original film. It, uh, it pulled some stuff from, from other stories but it, it was pretty original but this idea yeah. of Rudolph to come up with I mean a, I, I don't know the, the timeline of the song but Rudolph the Red Nose Radio like that's been around for as long as I feel like the sun's been burning in the sky that we took that and made it into this film it's almost a couple claymations then spawned yeah sure Elf and this idea of Rudolph being a uh, a game changer, <laughs> to use a sports term, among the reindeer. And, you know, you can be a misfit and you can, you can uh, still do your part even when you think that you are not providing something. Um, I think you got me with the point about Elf taking some of Rudolph, the Rudolph cinematic universe and using it that uh, I think I'm with you. I think I go, I'm cool with Rudolph. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the move. Uh, oh, man. There was something else I want to touch on with this. Ah, I lost it. I lost it. But, yeah, it's it's Rudolph, dude. Rudolph definitely has to stand apart from Elf. Like I said with Vince, Will, you did a good job. You made it this far. But ultimately, oh, you know what I was going to say? My bad. Here it is. Here it is. Rudolph kind of reminds me of Star Wars in a sense because it's this story that's like so hard to imagine somebody coming up with. It feels so real that like you got a question like did someone actually come up with this or are they just like speaking from experience like is this like a real thing that happened? Ooh. 
that idea of being cast out and realizing like, your worth? Just the idea, the whole story, dude. Like, it just, it doesn't make sense that someone came up with that. It's like, it sounds like you're just like riffing off of something you witnessed. Like, that's what yeah. people say about George Lucas. Like, he got like abducted by aliens or something and witnessed this whole like Star Wars thing play out. Cause it's like, how does someone come up with that? And that's how I feel about Rudolph. It's just like, what a, what a concept. Like, whoever, if somebody did come up with that and they didn't watch it happen, <laughs> like, I got to bow down to that person, dude. Like, that's an incredible thing to just like, that's the creative mind there. It's just like next level. That's a genius. Whoever came up with Rudolph, just like George Lucas with Star Wars, that's a genius, man. Well, we're down to two. We got our final here. Rudolph and the Grinch, one seed and a two seed. And I, I got to say, I feel like this is one of those times when we have a one seed. Rudolph blitzes its way. That's not pun not intended. Blitzing. Uh, blitzes its way through the region and gets to the final and is, is just gassed. Um, doesn't have what it's what they need. What doesn't have enough left in the tank. They get to the final and they play a team that knew their worth all along and just did enough, beat, beat Jingle all the way, triumphed over Kevin, put away Fred Claus, gets to the final, and just handles business. I'm leaning towards, and I think the correct answer here is the Grinch is is the greatest Christmas movie of all time. Did we? Did, what do you think? Oh, I'm gonna need a second to process. This is a big decision. <laughs> Which is crazy for me to say, because again, I wasn't in love with that film, and then over the course of these last two hours chatting it out, um, and the fact that my wife has really. Uh, hammered that one home you know you know what i never mentioned too that this this has such appeal you would think the grinch kind of a creepy looking dude jim carrey absolutely nailed the role but one of my girl's favorite parts and one of the things they love most about christmas season is they love when we get in their faces and we go the 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 grinch they love when we do that and we get up all in their face kind of like uh, jim carrey does Susie Lou, cindy lou and uh I think that right there kind of shit, like Abby was dying on the couch tonight, just laughing, laughing, cracking up at that. And it sort of captures like the Grinch is this, we've used the word a lot tonight, curmudgeon, but he's also one of the most endearing Christmas characters that there ever has been. Well, and to speak to your point, Cindy Lou, who really brings that out because she, it's, it's bravery. It's this idea that the entire town is scared of this guy. And she knows in her heart that if she can just share the Christmas spirit with him, he's not someone you need to be scared of. And she, yeah. And she discovered that in the mail room when he was trying to mess up everybody's mail and ruin Christmas. And she fell into the like wrapping machine. She was going to get messed up and he pulled her out of that. And that's what made her realize like, Whoa, like, hold up a sec. Everyone thinks you're, like, a monster. But oh, she, saw, she saw the good. She saw um, right through. It's a little bit of foreshadowing. I'm a literary teacher. It's foreshadowing when she says, you saved me. And he stops in his tracks before walking out of the mailroom. And he's like, uh, and he turns around and he says, <laughs> huh? He's thinking, like, why did I do that? 
<laughs> and people, it's, it's a stop in his tracks moment that you think about. Is he stopping in his tracks because she's right or because she's wrong? Yeah, it's a moment of realization for him. Um, he immediately says, he's like, well, you weren't, you weren't properly packaged and I got to wrap you up and be me. But a little bit of, you know, oh, he saved her. Yeah, he saved her and just did like a little, like, yeah, yeah, wrapped you up still. I'm still a bad guy. Yeah, he didn't, he like, didn't realize he had it in, all, in, him, in him all along. But we knew. We saw when he was a kid, man. Oh, Christmas. Oh, Martha May. Like, he loved Christmas. But it was the events that transpired that led him to hate people and hate Christmas. And we all can get to that point. Like, you can be down. There's some stuff weighing on me this particular Christmas season that has got me down a little bit. Uh, but you got to persevere, man. You got to just keep fighting and know that there's good in everybody and there's good in the world. And uh, yeah, I think the greatest Christmas movie of all time Jim Carrey's How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Uh, Jim Carrey's. Dr. Seuss's How the Grinch Stole Christmas. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, Jim Carrey technically is in the <laughs> title, but he might as well be. <laughs> it, is, it is a uh, defining Jim Carrey role, and he's awesome for it. And we're awesome because we made it uh, two hours. Man, we really dove deep. And I mean, we, we started this before 8 p.m. It's now 10.23. So, yeah, it's pretty much exactly what I predicted, about two and a half hours. Yeah, you you called it. Like I said, you're the Christmas guy. You know what you're talking about. And uh, we did it. The Grinch. There you go, everybody. I was a little worried coming in because I was like, man, I have not seen a lot of these. I even thought about saying to you, maybe we need to postpone this a week uh, so that I can rewatch some of these and get the knowledge I need. But I think Christmas spirit guided me, man, and pulled all those <laughs> pulled all those tidbits I needed. Uh, to be able to make these decisions. And yeah, I think that's the takeaway to everyone, all the listeners. Just Gotta tap into it. the Christmas spirit and let the Christmas spirit guide you. And you you won't be wrong. There it is. Shout out the Christmas spirit coin. Shout out you, dude. Thanks for uh yeah, you gotta save me. You gotta save that coin, dude. Yeah, I might have to put I might have to get a little something like a little special that coin touched. Uh, that coin touched magic, bro. It did. And it, uh, <laughs> what are we looking at here? Twenty fourteen. I can't even read this. Uh, arches. Is that St. Louis? Maybe. I can't see. I'll need glasses and better light tomorrow. But uh, there you go. Shout out the coin. Shout out you. Shout out the Grinch. Shout out Jim Carrey. Shout out everybody who listens to this two and a half hour episode. And, and uh, there and- it is. Shout out to all the other movies that fell off along the way because they were all solid. This was a tough bracket. And the fact that you even made it into the bracket for some of these movies, it's props to all all these guys, all the directors, all the writers, all the stars, all great films. But we had to we had to come down to a winner and that's what we did. And we made it. <laughs>